I'd say, first off, anybody who has on their mind the subject of conclusion ought to be willing to go second. <laughs> I do really appreciate that that's gone before. And the think about that charge that uh, Brother Bill delivered to us, this concept of our duty in life is to fear God and to keep His commandments. Wouldn't it be a blessing for the Lord to give us a time and a place to do that? And He has, Right. He's given us the time and the place and the resources to do exactly what he has concluded. Not just our conclusion, but what he's concluded is the duty of, of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. The Lord has given us the time to do that. He's given us the place to do that. He's given us the resources to do it. And I would submit to you that the resources that we need to fear God and keep his commandments are more spiritual in nature than natural, right? That we can... Uh, see him and hear him and understand him and know him um, all that knowledge um, that is not vanity is the knowledge that we have of the spirit that the Lord's given us I want to consider with you a passage of scripture and we'll, we'll find it in all four gospel accounts but I want to look just in two accounts of the gospel this morning um, and, and hopefully we can address this this idea which I had before brother Bill preached just for the record um, of, of this time and place. Right? We have a circumstance in life now that when some people are um, bountifully blessed, okay, when, there's, when there's great deliverance, um, they find themselves at that conundrum of how do you explain it? Right? Um, we've talked before, and you know um, I have special ire um, on those that, that attribute the blessing of God to luck. But akin to that is, um, and you've probably seen it, and I've seen it, where someone will be um, in, in the throes of great deliverance. Right? And maybe you've seen it in your own experience uh, with your family, with your life, with your uh, job, with your career, finances, homes, investments, whatever, um, where people will say, you know, this has been a great profit, a great blessing, a great deliverance. And the conclusion... And this is not the godly conclusion. This is the false conclusion of men is I was in the right place at the right time. Have you ever heard that? I was in the right place at the right time. Okay. Well, I want to consider with you um, a passage of scripture, a very real event uh, that is recorded in all four gospel accounts. But let's turn to Mark. And in Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 6, and... Uh, We'll begin in, uh, in verse 30. So Mark 6.30 says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Just start to understand the the confines and the um, context of this lesson, all right, is they were having conversations with the Lord, and he says, come apart into a desert place, and there have been so many comings and goings that they hadn't eaten, okay? Now, I'm, I'm not the hardest worker I know, okay? Not by a far stretch. There's a, I mean, what you want to find is hard workers and then hire them, right? And then, then you get to watch them work hard, okay? But... I am, I'm not the hardest worker I know, but it has happened where I get to work and I start working and I get into something and it's one of those tasks that just 
It has a beginning, a middle, and an end that are all mushed together. And once you start, you have to just work until you're finished. And you get kind of consumed in it. And then I look up, and it's 1.30. And I've missed lunch. Okay? I'm not the kind of person that misses lunch. All right? I'm the kind of person who takes a late lunch. All right? So if it's 1.30, I didn't miss lunch. I just, I'm going to take a late lunch. But there have been days at work where I, I eat lunch at 2, 2.30. Because I like, wow, the morning got away from me. Okay? I'm thankful for that flexibility. Right? There's sometimes, there's more work, and I end up working through without lunch. Right? But here's a circumstance where the apostles were speaking with the Lord. There, were, there was so much happening, they didn't, they didn't even have time to eat. Okay? And then in verse 32, it says, And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing. So it wasn't, wasn't very private. People saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all of the cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were sheep not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Now, if you look at the four gospel accounts we have of this, um, this occurrence, and this is the time when Jesus Christ fed a multitude, and this is the one where he fed 5,000. When you read in these gospel accounts, what you'll find is that the Lord looked at this number of people, this multitude, he had compassion upon them. In one place it says he taught them. In another place it says, uh, here it says he, he began to teach them. Another place it said he spoke unto them. Another place it says he healed every, every manner of their disease and affliction. Right? So that's quite a, a package of compassion. All right? He's teaching, preaching, and healing them. In verse 35 it says, When the day was now far spent, Okay, now, what I'm going to say is, there were enough people with enough affliction and a great enough need of hearing that the Lord had much to say, he had much to teach, and he had much healing to do. Right. And the Lord engaged. Now, whatever, you, know, what the, you know, pardon my, the way I'm going to say this, whatever the plan was, okay, this is, it kind of evidently got derailed and this happened instead. Right. Except we know the Lord's never had a plan and it's never gone awry. Right? So when the Lord said, let us go up into this desert part of, away privately, the Lord knew it wasn't going to be private, and the Lord knew there was going to be a great multitude in that place. Maybe this was a lesson that needed to happen in a certain time and place. Okay? So the Lord says, we're going to go on purpose into this desert place, and we're going to go at this time, and him knowing all these are going to come unto me, and I'm going to see them, I'm going to have compassion on them, I'm going to teach them, I'm going to preach to them, and I'm going to heal them all. Okay? Now, when the day was far spent, now it doesn't say when the day was wasted. Right? It said when the day was far spent. Okay? The Lord spent this day. If you look at the life of Jesus Christ, he spent himself. He was spent, he spent and was spent for his people. And here's a day in the ministry of Jesus Christ where regardless of whatever else could have been done, Brother James, this happened. And when the day was far spent, like, wow, it's been a long day. Okay? Anybody ever been to an association or a camp meeting? That Saturday evening, like, it was a good day, but it's been a long day. Like, this day is far spent. Okay? Here's a day, I'd say this is a church meeting, I can't find any other way to describe it. Right? There was preaching, teaching, and healing, the Lord was with his people, yeah. and the day was far spent, okay? 
And when the day was far spent, um, yeah, I lost my place here. Um, in verse 35, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place, and now the time is far past. You know what the, uh, the disciples, the apostles are saying at this point? This is neither the time nor the place, right? We're in a bad place, and we've got no time. We're in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Isn't, isn't that essentially their take on the situation? Like, here we are, and we're in the middle of a desert, and we got this multitude of people. They haven't eaten, and by the way, we haven't eaten either, right? If, if you think there wasn't hangry in the Old Testament in the, in the time of the infancy of the New Testament, it existed, right? I imagine these apostles were a little hangry, a little hungry and angry, right? Like, we haven't even eaten, right? And, you know, we thought we were coming out here, we're going to have a message, and then we were going to eat, and now all the multitude shows up, and every one of them has something you've got to heal, right? And frankly, like, we're a little tired of it. We're tired of it, right? It, this day, has wearied us and made us tired. We're tired. We're not in a good place. We're, we're, not, we're out of time, okay? It says, this, Lord, this is the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, if we follow men's logic, what can come from being in the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Anybody ever say, I was so blessed I was in the wrong place at the wrong time? No, we don't say that. Right? We say, when things go well, we must have been in the right place at the right time. In other words, there's no place for miracles. There's no place for um, deliverance that's uh, supernatural or irrational. Right? If something good happens, we have to say, it was because we were in a good place at a good time. We're in the right place at the right time. But when something bad happens... What did the disciples ask Jesus Christ about that man that was born blind? You know, what good did he do? No. What evil? What sin did he do? Was it the sin that he committed or the sin that his parents committed that he was born blind? Right? There must be an explanation for this. When bad things happen, it must be a bad place and a bad time. When good things happen, I must have been in the right place at the right time. Okay? What we find here is these apostles, they've, Brother Sean, they've taken inventory and if you were to ask them, and evidently you didn't even have to ask them, they had volunteer the information, Lord, this is a bad place and a bad time. We're in the wrong place, right? It said, uh, the disciples, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Not only do they have nothing to eat, we don't have anything to eat either, and we don't have enough, certainly, for the multitude. And he answered and said, uh, give you them to eat. But before we get to that answer, I want to take another rendering of this that we find in Matthew chapter 14, and we'll find a little additional information. I certainly believe this is the same account. I believe that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were all there, and I believe that they were firsthand witnesses of this that occurred. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13 says, When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth 
and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. Okay. Didn't just say he healed their sickness, he healed their sick, which means among that people there were sick and the sick people had sickness, but the Lord didn't just heal the sickness, he healed the sick. There's a difference, right? Because you might be in a bed with a palsy and the Lord could heal the palsy. He could say, take up thy bed and walk. But the Lord is willing to say, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Oh, and by the way, take up thy bed and walk, right? So it isn't just about healing sickness. The Lord can heal the sick, right? And we may not even know how we're sick. We may think we need one thing. Have you ever been in that circumstance where you think you need one thing? That's what you're praying for and the Lord delivers something else? He's healing your sick rather than your sickness, right? He's healing you, whether you know what you need or not. Thanks be to God that he doesn't have to be and doesn't have to find you in the right place at the right time. And that's unfortunately a doctrine that many Christians labor under, right? I've got to get into the right place at the right time. Like, I've got to get to God before I die, Right? And if I don't, he can't help me. That's the same limitation that people have when they're not willing to give God glory and honor and praise for miraculous delivery. I can tell you this. Every time the Lord delivered me, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He said, Brother Mark, haven't you been delivered in the middle of a church service? Isn't that the right place at the right time? It's the best place, and it's the best way to spend my time, but I'm still a vile, bankrupt sinner. I've never been in a place where I was worthy to receive the blessings of God. I've never been clean enough that I could sit down with him and have a conversation and say, behold me. Right? I've never been in the right place. It's never been the right time. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. We, We need to embrace this. God can and does and must heal and deliver and preach and bless in the worst of places at the worst of times. Right? Isn't it nice that salvation doesn't have to be convenient for God? That's what a convenience store is, right? It's right where you want it, and it's always open. Right? That's, that's why they can charge so much. Right? Like you go into a convenience store, and you pay for a gallon of milk at a convenience store, which you would never pay at HEV. Right? But it's because it's right there, so easy, right? I mean, you can get to the back of a convenience store a lot easier than you can get to the back of HEV, right? And nobody's ever going to put milk at the front of HEV. That that's not the way it works, right? But there's something about God. We realize he is not a God who has to heal by convenience, right? It doesn't have to be brought to him right there. It doesn't have to be at the perfect time. Now, God is perfect, and what he does is perfect, but he sure can do it amongst an unperfect people, right? And I'm so thankful for that, right? And what I then realized is maybe next time that I'm richly blessed, it's not even going to be a time to say, well, I was in the right place at the wrong time. What would happen if, if the next time they interview somebody who, whose house just burnt to the ground, but they all survived, they said, well, we were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. It wouldn't even make sense to natural mind, the natural mind right? But the truth is, we're always in the wrong place, and it's always the wrong time, and yet the Lord can get into that place, and he makes a difference, okay? 
And I will say this, that among the miraculous power and the armamentarian of God is he can take the wrong place, he can make it the right place. He can take the wrong time, and he can make it the right time. Here they are in a desert place, and the day is far spent. Did the Lord say, well, it has been a long day. You know, if only we had fed them earlier, right? Like I'm out of all my miraculous power. Like I've already gone to the well too much. I mean, I healed the lame and the blind and the deaf, and now they need to eat. I I forgot. We should have made that. I should have prayed for the food before, right? Lord's not that way. I was like, oh, why didn't I bring all these people into a lush garden? We're just overflowing with fruit, and everybody could just, while I'm preaching, they could take and eat. Everything would be fine. We're going to find out that's exactly the place the Lord took them. Okay? It was a desert place. Okay? Mm-hmm. It was the wrong place. The day was far spent. It was, it was too late, Sean, for him to do any more miracles. There wasn't, wasn't time. There wasn't time to even... There wasn't even enough time to prepare food for this many people. Like, even if you had the money, you couldn't make it happen. But maybe that's part of what the lesson was for these disciples. It's like, here in this place, here in this time, the Lord can, can provide. I mean, is he the God only of the mountaintop, or can he provide when we're in the valley? I mean, is, is he the God of the Garden of Eden, or is he the, the God of the wilderness? I mean, he made provision in both places. The answer isn't either or. You don't, it's not A or B. He's the God of everywhere. If we're on the mountaintop, he's the God of the mountaintop. If we're in the valley, he's the God of the valley. If we're in a desert, he's there. If we're in a lush garden, that's the time maybe it's easiest to see that he's there. And even then, that's when we say, well, I was in the right place at the right time. I mean, who doesn't eat well in a garden with all everything you would need? That's... That's when we fail to give him honor, praise, and glory. So we got this strange situation that when we're in the wrong place at the wrong time, we think he can't deliver. And we're in the right place at the right time, we won't give him credit for deliverance. Sounds like a pretty rotten people. Like the Lord said, how, in what circumstance could I get praise from this people? Like if, if I give them everything they stand in need of and they're on the mountaintop, they won't praise me. When they're in the desert of the wilderness and they see true need and I bountifully bless them, they won't give me praise. If God were like a man, like Brother Bill said, that he's not, and thanks be to God he's not, he would have been long done with us. He would have said, you know, there's no way to win with you people. And he'd been clean gone from us, but that's not how God is. God is a transformative God. He can take a bad place and make it a good place. He can take a bad time and make it a good time. Now, I'm not saying that God takes every wicked circumstance and makes it and works it for good. That's not what the Word of God says. But He has the power to. God can bring good from from evil, or it'd be very hard for Him to bring any good at all in this world. Because He has enabled men to preach the gospel, and there's nothing in a man that can preach the gospel. There's nothing in, inherent and in nature in a man that can preach the gospel, and yet the Lord can bring some good from that. So here we find a people that are in the wrong place at the wrong time. Here, here am I, Lord. Wrong place, wrong time. And to cap it off, I don't have anything. 
just got a few loaves and fishes. It's not enough. Right? That's our inventory. I'm in the wrong place, in the wrong time, and I don't have what I need. Right? That's our deportment. A sour deportment. Right? Now, in that circumstance, when we're admittedly, or at least by our calculation, in the wrong place, in the wrong time, and we don't have what we need, what does the Lord do? Well, let's see. Uh, let's go. Well, it is it's hard because there's so much good stuff in both places. I'm bouncing around. Um, let's start here. The, in Matthew, where we were, it says, When it was evening, his disciples uh, came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. So, so far we got Matthew Mark uh, conferring right, about what we told them. We told them it wasn't the time and it wasn't the place. Now is time, now is, time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. Okay. You know what that means? It means disciples, silly disciples, they don't have to go find a better place. And they don't have to go find a better time. I can love them and deliver them right where they are. They need not depart. Mm -hmm. okay. Then the next thing he says unto them is, give you them to eat. Right. Like, we already told you, it's not the right place. Not the right. Anybody ever ask anything of you and you say, not today? Right. There's t-shirts now that say, but first coffee. Right. Like, can't even talk to you yet. Right. There's some people like that at work. Don't even. Right. Here's the disciple like, don't even start, Jesus. We already told you it's a bad time. It's a bad place. And now, yeah, feed them. Right. Let's go feed them. Right. Which then bears the next question. What do you have? Right. What do we have to feed them? Let's go back to Mark. Um, Mark says uh, in verse 36, Send them away that they may go into the country roundabout, into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And that's so very charitable of the disciples, Right. Send them away that they can buy their own bread. Right? That's loving Christian charity. Right? Isn't that the mind and the spirit of Christ? Like, get out of here and take care of yourself. It's just, just the opposite. Right? What does the Lord say? Come and die. Right? This isn't go find your, go, go take care of yourselves. It's like, come in and let me serve you. Let me wait on you. Right? In verse 37 it says, He answered unto them and said, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? Now, I'd chalk this up as a, um, getting attitudinal with the Lord, right? Not a good idea. Right? Well, what? You, you expect us to just go with this, buy enough bread for all of them? Right? And honestly, the Lord didn't expect them to do that, right? 200 penny worth of bread was more bread than they had. And honestly, it was more bread than they needed. Right, because what they had was a few loaves and a few small fishes, and the Lord was going to show that was enough, even though it was the wrong place, the wrong time, and we don't have what we need. Right? Maybe we need to understand and appreciate that's the place from which the Lord delivers. Right? Um, I want to get one more thing here. The time's gone, and that's okay. But it says, "Give them to eat." Verse thirty-eight says, "And he said unto them, How many loaves have you? Go and see." And when they knew, they said, five and two fishes. 
We go back to Mark after you told them, go and see what you have. The next thing it says in, in Matthew chapter 17, uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse uh, 17, they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. And he said, bring them hither to me. All right? Whatever you have, bring it to the Lord. Okay? So, he didn't say, let's get out of here. He didn't say, let's reconvene when the time is better for me or for you, or when you have more. He said, right here in this terrible place, right now in this terrible time, right with just the very little bit, the paltry bit that you have, what he said is, make the men sit down, bring to me, and we're going to feed the multitude. Now, one other thing I'll get here just in passing, and this is too good not to get, right? Even if it's 12.03, right? I'm not even sorry, right? Not even going to apologize. All right. Mark chapter 6, verse 39 says, And he commanded them to make, uh, make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. Yeah. Leave it to you, right? Was that the wrong place at the wrong time? That's what every disciple, every apostle had come to the same conclusion. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and everybody's got the same conclusion. Bad time. Can't do it. Even the Lord can't heal in this circumstance. That's what the devil tries to tell you. You're in a bad place. Why would the Lord help you? It's too late for you. You've said too many things. You've done too many things. You've wrecked your life. It's too late. Bad time. Wrong place. Wrong time. You don't even have what you need. The Lord says, they need not depart. Sit down. And there's something that goes with sit down. I won't say it, but... Sit down, hold your peace. It's a nice way to say it. Sometimes the Lord's got a message for us sometimes. That follows, sit down. God, I don't want to hear him anymore. Quit telling me what I can't do. Quit telling me that you're in a circumstance that I can't deliver you from. Because I'm going to do it. I'm about to do it in mighty way. Maybe that's why we're in the desert. Maybe that's why it's far past time. Maybe that's why we don't feel like we have anything. Because we're in that circumstance. We will give God glory and honor and praise. We've been made to sit down in green grass that wasn't there. They were in a desperate place. They didn't say, well, at least there's some green grass here. It's all of a sudden, there was green grass. And they sat in green grass by companies of 50. And they sat down and they had lunch on the grounds. Right? wasn't a bad place. It was a glorious place. It wasn't too late. It was right on time. And they had exactly what was necessary for the Lord to take and bless in great abundance. There in Matthew, right before it, talked about the kingdom of heaven. Being like, there's two parables there about finding a treasure in a field. And then hiding it and buying that field. And the kingdom of heaven is like one who's in search of goodly pearls. And when he had found it, he goes and sells all that he has. That he might buy that treasure of great price. Friends, we ought to see the kingdom of God that way. We are in a great place. It is a great time. And we have everything that we need because of the blessing of God. God bless you.